listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden, and I am joined once again by my good friend, a man that wants to Triton swap your LS, Mr. Brandon Cole. <laughs> hey, man, I don't like Ford that much. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, this is our first episode back in a while, and uh, we're just going to kind of go over some of the stuff that's happened since we've uh, been gone. A lot of stuff happening personally in in our cars and then in the vehicle world in general but uh let's start off with a, a loss in the vehicle world we've both suffered losses my uh my ram i finally sold which was a bittersweet goodbye and uh brandon what'd you get rid of oh we got rid of our adventure vehicle the the cherokee is gone but it was a lease so we knew it was gonna happen eventually Oh, we replaced it with something great. We got oh, you, a, you got rid of something else too since then. Did I? You got rid of the Bronco. Oh, the Bronco's gone. Yes. Yeah. Some guy made me an offer that was like more than I paid. And I was like, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, we got rid of the Cherokee and we got a uh uh Ford Explorer with the uh 3.5 twin turbo EcoBoost. And it's yeah, great. Buddy. It's definitely the fastest SUV we've ever owned. It, be, it better be faster than the NAV6 in the uh in the Cherokee, that's for sure. Hey, that Cherokee with a 3.2 V6 was surprisingly quick to be honest. It, it really it really was not slow. But yeah, this this uh 365 horse EcoBoost is uh definitely a, like a sport suv it's it's fun to drive heck yeah man and then uh once you put a little 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 boost juice in there a little e85 little meth yeah little so it's, it's a it's a 2015 so one of the things they're known for is um the uh clogging of the intake valves from the of the oil that comes through the crankcase and then has to go back through the engine and all that just kind of burns up on there. So there's two things we got to do. We got to get a, a catch can for it. So it kind of helps just prevent that from happening in the future. And then we're going to do a meth kit it has a lot of good benefits to it, but one of them is cleaning up all, a lot of that. So, um, we're going to, we're going to do a meth kit here pretty soon in the next few weeks. And, uh, hopefully it, yeah, for, that's for some good fuel economy. For maintenance. Yeah, for maintenance. That's yeah. what I told my wife. I was like, man, good fuel economy. And it's going to fix this little problem. And it's going to make a little bit more horsepower. <laughs> I might but get don't, a little don't worry about that. that. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, realistically, though, I mean, they don't make that much power with meth. It will make a little bit more, especially if you get a good tune to go with it. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, it definitely has a lot of good benefits to it. So cool. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun vehicle. Just hold me over until what are my next adventures and cars is going to be. Heck yeah, man. I've uh, been doing some research myself. I go back and forth between a lot of stuff, but I just keep coming back to C5, C6 Corvette. Like the starting platform of that, even the C5, the base motor, the 5.7, like that's such a killer starting point. Like you could have a 4.8 in that thing and throw two timeless. Turbos. 
Yeah, it, even something as small as the four eight, and you could have a blast. And I mean, starting out the five seven is just that much better. The, these days, I would drive that with like an exhaust and nothing else. <laughs> I would be okay with it. Like, I just, I just really like C fives. They're they're good looking. They're timeless. I really like them. Yeah, I want a root supercharger. That's the first thing. Just a big fat blower. Uh, Corvette. Yes, of course. You're gonna, you're gonna lose your hood. That's fine. That's perfect. <laughs> you don't need hoods where we're going, Brandon. That's that's the race car. That's the street car race car. I feel you. I've got a Honda that's got a hood on it. That's fine. Oh, we can take that off too. <laughs> no. no, the Honda's gonna stay the daily. Nice and quiet. No, no loud Hondas here. Um so this so this this Hummer's coming back. Yeah, in uh, a form that is kind of unexpected. Like the Hummer, in my opinion, at least, has always been like the the most American in the most blatant way possible. Like two miles a gallon, like a lane and a half wide, go anywhere, like badass vehicle. And to go full electric is like unexpected to me. Well, I see. Okay. It is unexpected because of what Hummer's name is. It's, it's just doesn't go with what they built their brand on. But <laughs> if you don't go, you don't go electric. You're just going to get left in the dust. It's, everything's going to go electric eventually. So you might as well just get on the, get on the train. But this is what gets me on it. <laughs> so yeah, you go every article you go and read in bold letters. It's 1000 horsepower. Okay. Right. Right. That's wow. Right. That's, that's a lot of horsepower. That's not even what like has me in awe right now. It's the torque rating. Yeah. And that's still just, it's like one of those things. 11,500. How how do you have axles? How do you have anything that can handle that? Like full blown, (laughs) like donut doing drag racing, diesel trucks, don't have 11,000 foot pounds okay. of torque. So Brandon. the baddest truck right now is, I think it's 1,050 pound feet of torque. I don't know. It's either the Cummins or the power stroke. Right. And this is literally 10 times that 11,500 pound feet of torque. It's so crazy. It's, like what you, there's no, uh, you're not limited by towing, it, it, except for your suspension. It says GM estimates, but yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, maybe it'll come out different. I mean, I would imagine it has to come out. That's an insane number. Yeah. That's, I don't know, man, that's 11,000. That's yeah. You'd be limited only by tires as to what you could pull. Well, it's suspension. (laughs) Hopefully it's got some good brakes on it. Yeah. Well, zero to 60 in three seconds. And it's got a way like, 7,000 pounds. It's got to easily. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It's an eight lug design. So it's at least a three quarter ton rating. So, and plus it's got four motors on it on the the top tier package. And who knows how much those batteries weigh. Yeah. It's gotta be heavy as hell. Just the little Teslas are heavy. The the cars. Yeah. These things gotta be crazy. 35 inch tires. Mm Hmm. Uh, underbody cameras like it's it's insane man it's it's gonna be i mean it's gonna be everything a hummer is supposed to be like all the 
tech on it. I mean, realistically back in the nineties, you know, the, the Hummer had everything. It was just yeah. everything you can think of at the time this had. And Central then, tire deflator. Yeah. Inflator, and why wouldn't that. the new ones have everything yeah. a modern vehicle should have? And plus some more like 11,500 pounds feet of torque. And a Bose stereo system. The old <laughs> ones I've, using Bose? <laughs> I've wow. ridden in like, like for real H1 Hummers and you can like, you got to scream at the driver when you're sitting in the passenger seat. It's just rough. Oh yeah, they're loud. Never been in one. I wish I had. It's like my dream vehicle. I have an H1 with a come and swap. I could have any vehicle. That's, that's what it'd be. I think uh, the popular thing to do with them, at least, is the Duramax because they're they're Chevy diesel powered yeah. to, to begin well, with. Well, they right? came with those. Yeah, they came with the Duramax uh, in a and they're later in in a Duramax. No, 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 no. That was the, that was in those before they carried the Duramax name. It was just whatever Chevy's six point five diesel and those and it things was were well actually that was that was a turbo one too then before that the, the military days they were like this i think it's 6.2 that was in a and yeah that's that's yeah, the one those I are was. that had the retrofit turbo kit put on it and it all uh, it did okay. was just generate heat like we'd be we'd yeah. be pulling out and they'd floor it and you just feel like this incredible wave of heat come come through the cabin and just no acceleration it was just all yeah well, on top of that they only had like a three speed so like you, you run out of rpm anyways in a diesel when you don't have an overdrive right yeah well they did great off-road which is i guess what they were meant for not so much highway yeah. driving for sure yeah yeah they but like this a, is a 350 mile range which is pretty impressive i'm just surprised for bad. something that's like build i guess it's not built as an overlander but i would think especially for an off-roader you'd want a hybrid for the range and then like the crawling torque of the electric, not so much like if you're mud running, I'm not sure. Cause you kind of want wheel speed for that. So I'm not sure. Well, how I feel like you just, you just get everything out of the, the, the electric, like you get, you're going to get your wheel speed with electric. Um, you just floor it and then you're going to get that instant low end torque where you don't even need a, a low range realistically. I mean, I mean, maybe the, they're going to have one. I don't know, but it seems like it's more like an electronic setting for low range rather than a, physical gear change into low range yeah it probably just changes the sensitivity of the throttle makes it feel that's Maybe another cool thing is all the all the variability of that stuff is uh a big part of off-roading that most people can't do get is the pedal feel is how to how to ease over things without breaking loose yeah. and that's you know people break loose and then they want to floor it when that's the last thing they should do well this thing might take some of that away from you yeah, I'm sure it's got all the uh, fancy traction controls and, you know, intelligence system. You tell it go into rock mode and so it knows kind of what to do. You just press the pedal and it figures it out on its own. That's how a lot of this new technology is. That's how the a Jeep was we just sold and it had all those different settings and you just put it in that mode and kind of just press the pedal and it figures it out. Even this new Explorer, it's, it's four wheel drive. It doesn't have a low range, but it's still got, you know, mud and sand and snow. Does settings. it have an actual four wheel drive or is it all wheel drive? You know, I was trying to figure that out. So it's an auto setting. I believe 
it it's all wheel drive, but it may engage like two wheel drives, like for highway speeds possibly, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, I know that's okay. what the Jeep did. Um, cause you put an auto, it was basically when it needed it, it just went into four. And yeah. this one, it seems like it's pretty much always there because it's surprisingly bad on fuel economy for being a kind of a midsize SUV. We, right. we average we have about 18 so i figured that's probably one of the factors yeah it'll be interesting if you go back to colorado next year to see how the explorer does versus the jeep yeah it's well it might get there a little faster but i think uh it's definitely not going to be the explorer it's not going to be as good as exploring as the jeep was but i think it's still going to do everything we want it to do so we're not we're not running the rock crawling or anything like that just going right. off the trail and plowing through some snow and just having a good time and trying to get in too much trouble because normally we're out there by ourselves without like any sort of rescue equipment so we can't get yeah. too crazy <laughs> and highway tires yeah yeah we don't have uh mud trains on there uh, it is my wife's car <laughs> it's not yeah. my i have mud tires on my truck <laughs> oh yeah um yeah so who have you seen anything about um pricing on the home? i did yeah um i can't remember what it was it was definitely really expensive um yeah i'm guessing six figures probably oh yeah like oh here we go way actually six figures no so uh for the top tier one available spring 2024 um so there's the it's the tiers look like ev2 ev2x and ev3x and they are eighty thousand ninety thousand and a hundred thousand yeah i would have lost that bet um yeah, I'm sure uh, that's the these. base one only has 7,400 foot pounds of torque. Ew. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's horrible. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to be uh, all things considered, I mean, 80 grand for a vehicle like that is not too bad. Uh, Jeep's coming out with a new Jeep Grand Wagoneer, which my wife and I are real excited about, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think the starting price for the basic one, which nothing basic about it, but it's still the base model. And it's 80,000, I think. Um, you should get her an old one. Sweet. It's like perfectly restored. Like the OG one with the wood panels, the Grand Wagoneer. Get her one of those. Yeah, if you met my wife, she didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get all the bougie interior I tried, stuff. I, yeah, I tried showing her a cloth seat explorer and she's like, no. <laughs> so it's we have not- air conditioned seats now. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Way to stand your ground. I know. I really, I mean, I was sold that twin turbo. So yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a compromise, right? Yeah. Like, babe, I need to take your car to the track night. Yeah. I don't know how good it do out there, but at least I'd be comfortable doing it. Yeah. I imagine if you did a tune that had some kind of, I'm not sure how the two step or if it has any kind of launch control, but I imagine if you got a tune that had some like that, it can't do bad. Yeah, I wonder I what it like, stalls at. Is it a is it a dual clutch or a regular uh yeah, it's, a, it's just a yeah, it's regular, it's regular transmission, but um surprisingly it doesn't 60 foot great. Um well, maybe I just haven't be, figured it out. That's warranty stuff. A lot of times it won't let you give it the full beans right out yeah, of the gate. I, I think it needs a different thing. It needs a tune to be able to 60 foot, but I mean it's not bad, it's just not like 
I can't really chirp the tires, but like once it like kind of gathers itself together, I mean, it just really takes off. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had, I had the pleasure of racing a couple little teenagers one night in their little Hyundai turbo. What's that little Veloster or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He was just messing with me and I was like, man, eh, whatever. I got family in the car. I'm not messing with you. You can't mess with me. I, I gave it to him and he got smoked. Gave him the <laughs> I, felt so, I felt so stupid racing a Hyundai, but yeah i mean hey. it'd be a car so i mean it's an that's SUV. Good, though. that's awesome <laughs> yeah. oh that's great man yeah, yeah it's, it's what's the fun of having something with turbos if you can you know lay into the boost a little bit every now and then yeah you gotta have a little bit of fun to it plus it's good for it from what i hear yeah that's that's the other way to the, keep the uh, intake valves cleaned off the german tune-up yeah hey full, i do full, full throttle yeah, once a day. The red line tune up. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. What else we got in the news here? Uh Tesla like did another uh big leap forward when their thousand horsepower plaid plus model S that's gonna have a five hundred and twenty mile range. And uh it's just another like giant leap forward from Tesla zero, zero to 60 in 1.99 seconds. A pre well, see, that's a what production happens. car record. That's what happens when you move your company to Texas, Austin, Texas. Hell yeah. You start you really doing some good stuff. Yeah. You shave a few tents off immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Noted. Noted. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, at 140,000. I mean, still, even at 140,000, like that is dirt cheap to go zero to 60 in 1.99 seconds. The, I mean, what, what's in that price range? Uh, a book like a uh, ZR1 before dealerships fucking tack on their taxes? That's like a buck 40, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. I love the ZR one, but you're not getting anywhere near 1.99 seconds. Yeah. 390 mile range, two seconds, zero to 60, 200 miles per hour. And that's probably limited. It's gotta be maybe by either. I mean, they look pretty aero, you know, they don't have any sort of like radiator so they don't have to have all that pass through air That's and true. um you know these wheels aren't like super open so they're kind of air it just looks like it's already pre-set up for the salt flats almost but still daily driver looking yeah not having to have a lot of the cooling stuff is so key <laughs> um let me see here the, uh, I have the ZR1 pulled up and it is in the same price range, but I, I don't know why. There's no I way can't. it's going to touch it. There was the, the, with the 100D, which I believe is like the top tier right now for Tesla. Um, 3.0, by the way, a full second slower. And the ZR1? Yeah. Three flat, which is insane. That's so that's, fast. That's so, that's fast, so yeah. fast. That would is that it, would like <clears throat> set your heart back, but it's so like a the, full second slower. Sorry. Is the ZR1 still uh two-wheel drive? Yes. Okay. So I don't know. I've I've heard Corvettes for so many years talk about 
or the, the, the development team has always kicked around the idea of going all wheel drive. And they kicked around for many years before that going mid engine. They finally did that. Um, yeah. Well, they're I, set up yeah. better for it now, in my opinion, like logistically yeah. to go all wheel drive. Cause then for I sure. mean, the way the Corvette was with the engine so low, like there's nowhere to put a diff without raising it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, mean, I think that's the only way they're ever going to really compete with this electric stuff without going electric is you got to throw in all wheel drive because with all the power this thing's got, you, you can't hold it with two, two wheels. Not, not without putting like some drag radials on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, this is a street vehicle. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's good problems to have. I mean, if you would have told me when we were in the Navy, when we were hearing about all the gloom and doom of the EPA stuff that like in a few years, there'd be some crazy horsepower war like this. And we'd be having all these options. I wouldn't have believed you. Well, I, I would have believed you, but any, anybody else I would have told them to fuck off. <laughs> it's almost, yeah, I guess it kind of is a horsepower war, but like, like really Tesla is the only one really in it right now. And it's more so just like an electric, like overcoming the market. And then just the, the technology is getting developed and these batteries are getting developed to where they're just, it seems, it almost seems like it's easier and easier for them to just make more and more ridiculous power. Yeah. The, the limiting factor is the batteries, right? Because the more efficiently and densely you can pack the energy, the more rapidly you can release it and mm -hmm. the better, the better everything gets. Right. So, I mean, is, is the more densely they can get these batteries and get rid of like, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the, uh, like the rare earth elements and stuff required to make them. That's another kind of like price limiting factor. It's, it's, it's exciting, man. I, uh, the hybrid stuff is, I keep saying that, but they keep bringing out more full electric stuff. So maybe I don't, yeah. uh, I maybe just, the industry isn't listening to me and I feel like that's a mistake, Brandon. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. I've spent many hours very high thinking about this and I've come to the conclusion. We just need to go with hybrids for a little bit. Just know we, don't, we can't <laughs> yeah, go full electric. I think you're just holding on to an ancient technology, which is internal combustion. As much as we all love it and we've grown up with it, the fact of the matter is it's a dying industry. Yeah. It's, it sucks, man. It, well, what, what gave me hope was the, the big three, right? The La Ferrari, the Porsche 918 and my personal favorite car of all time, the McLaren P1. I really thought that that, that technology would trickle down, but since they've come out, I mean, has there been any more hybrid, anything sport car related? Uh, man. I mean, there's, there's some there's so. hybrids out there. I don't know about like real high not, end sports not stuff. Not performance wise though. Like I know that, that there's a new, uh, I was watching at Top Gear America. They had a, I think the new Porsche SUV might be mm. hybrid. The McCann. No, I think that's I'm, fully I'm, electric. I'm not even going to try to say it. No, this one definitely had an engine. It sounded, you, I mean, you could hear it. They talked about it. <laughs> Porsche Cayenne e-hybrid. There it is. Yeah. Okay. They've had the Cayenne out for a while, but now they're having a hybrid version. 450 yeah. mile 
total range, 13 mile battery only. <clears throat> but the battery, well, I mean, the battery only isn't, it's a, it's a performance vehicle. Like they, if they put out a Prius, like max range <laughs> and they called it like a Porsche still, people would lose their minds. Yeah, Plus, maybe. Like, and the battery only, that's really just to get you rolling. That's where you lose the majority of your mileage and whatnot, trying to get all the mass yeah. moving. Right. Yeah. It just uh, kind of sucks it down a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still not seeing any um, charging stations around. We have one that I know of close by at like a, just a big shopping center it's tesla really? charging place but otherwise i feel like if you really want to drive an electric vehicle you have to have your own charging station at home like around here anyways maybe california's i'm sure a lot different right yeah i just googled tesla supercharger in dfw and it looks like there's only one really there's gotta be more because one of them's in Denton. Denton's not really much of a town. It's kind of a yeah, no, suburb. That's that's weird. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hopefully, uh, well, I don't know. I say hopefully the infrastructure takes off, but once that happens, then it's really all all over. Yeah, I mean, even with like fuel prices kind of really going up, I don't know they're like where you're at, but here they're about. Between two forty five and two sixty a gallon. That's closer to well, it's over three a lot of places here. Like you can yeah. still get it under three at Costco, but it's like three twenty. It's been going mm -hmm. up pretty steady for a couple months now. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if it's really gonna really stop. Um, it's just it's just more incentive now to drive an electric vehicle. Like to be honest, I wouldn't mind having one these days with with our road trips and all that stuff. But then I get worried on road trips. Like where am I going to charge this thing at? And I got to pull oh. over for 30 minutes to charge it. The range anxiety is real. And then you hear mm -hmm. about like, I'm sure it's not super common, but when, uh, during big travel weekends on popular routes, uh, these supercharger stations get overrun and you got yeah. 20, 30 cars there. And then you're really screwed because it's 30 minutes a pop. People having to sit there all night trying to get a charge. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a video on that. These guys are pulling into a Tesla station charging. I think it was kind of the middle of nowhere. It just happened to be a charging station on a long road, I guess. And there was just dozens, maybe hundreds of Teslas just all lined up waiting to charge. And wow. I mean, what, what are you going to do? What are you, you going to do if it, you just die? Are you just going to push it in there? Just trying to, yeah. if you're hot, you're trying to stay cool. You got the thing running. Oh, man. What a nightmare. Yeah. Hybrid. I mean, that's why we need hybrids. Doesn't happen. Yeah. See, hybrid would kind of make sense there, I guess. Um, but I don't know. But the, you still, a lot of those you have to plug in. Like we had a, a you a, can plug them in. You don't have to. I had a friend that had one of the early Chevy hybrid things, the Volt. And well, that's a full electric though. Okay. Well, this one was a full electric, whatever the other one is. Um, it's, uh, the has, has a little force. Yeah. That, I think that's what it was. Um, so it had the had a little four cylinder, had this little electric engine. So we took, you know, took it on a road trip and 
you know, you get, I think 50 or so miles down the road and it just switches over to that. And then you can't charge it the rest of the time. because it's a plug-in and oh. it, like, it has, it's like ability to like self-charge itself a little bit through like the braking system and little, I guess other little things here and there, but like, that was just like to help extend the battery life. But then to really charge it, you have to actually plug the car in. Really? I always thought they charged off the gasoline engine until. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some stuff like that. That's just how this one was. Cause on this entire road trip, we didn't have electric. We just ran off gasoline. Wow. Like, and once we ran out after the initial charge. Wow. Interesting. But I mean, that was, that was years ago. So I'm, I'm sure things have improved since then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what else? Oh, the I saw a lot of people in Texas were using the uh, F-150 hybrid feature to keep their houses online during the big freeze. Uh, actually, I didn't hear that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, the uh, the two because it's got the two twenty outlet in the bed. They had the house oh, wired up to yes. it. I'm sorry, I did actually hear that. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, that's that's a pretty cool feature having having two twenty on your truck. That's it's pretty dope. Yeah. I, some like that for overlanding, like it sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like the perfect, like what more could you ask for? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like glamping. It's like almost going in a camper. We have, you know, we have the, our 220 plug in and round oh, AC yeah. and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, you know, speaking of, you're talking about hybrids, uh, you know, Rams really getting into that. They have their, uh, the 5.7 Hemi and it has the e-torque. So it's an e-torque option. Yeah. And yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll kick in that, that gas, that electric engine. Like I think it's mostly just to get you going and really for pulling heavy loads as well. But just like you said, you use most of your power getting going and that applies also to a gasoline vehicle. So it just puts that extra little juice in there electrically to get you going and then i think it shuts off so it just really improves fuel economy so things like that i think they're pretty cool especially for towing that's that's a big part of my life so i like to have little helps for towing that's dodge's first uh venture into the hybrid realm isn't it mm. i'm not thinking of anything else dodge I think so. yeah i don't definitely uh, know fully electrics right yeah the brotherhood of muscles uh probably going to be behind on the electric part <laughs> but you know what they did come out with brandon a 702 horsepower pickup truck called the trx oh man i would love to have a trx man it, yeah. it's 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 like it's it took all the best parts of the raptor and just like gave us what everybody wants a yeah. big fat supercharged V8. I have nothing against EcoBoost. We have one. They're great, but a supercharged V8 is just can't compete with it. It's what you gotta have, man, in a sports truck. Now, I think if you were to do like an off-road race, the Raptor would still win because, from what I can see, it's still the more off-road oriented, like purist truck. But very few people give a shit to do 70 through the dunes. They want to yeah. sit and do big okay. fat gnarly burnouts in their driveway and listen to that I hate, supercharger. I hate being this guy, but I'm going to do it. Be so, that guy. Okay. So I watched a, 
I watched a uh, a drag race the other day in person. I was just out driving around where I work. Uh, it was a Tahoe and a Raptor. Uh, I guess this Tahoe was souped over something because he lost, but not by a lot. And the Raptor just sounded like total crap. And the you do the the the, um, the Tahoe sounded great. And even though it yeah. lost, it, it lost a lot more gracefully because it didn't sound like a rice grain. Ah. I have I have a neighbor. He's got this F one fifty. It's it's a, it's this pretty sweet truck, but it's it's EcoBoost, and I love the EcoBoost again. But he straight piped it, and he's got this tune on it. And mm. every single morning, I just want to run over there and pop his tires or something. It sounds horrible i can't even bad. explain it it doesn't sound like a turbo vehicle it sounds like a straight piped like four cylinder or something even when you get yeah. into boost they still sound bad i don't i don't get it there's so many v6 supercharged turbocharged engines i've heard that sound great even four cylinder turbocharged engines they actually sound pretty good the eco yeah. boost sounds terrible and i think a lot of people are having trouble getting past that um, especially if you're into modifying it, um, in, in that sense. And I think that's probably one of the big reasons why Ford is, uh, um, talking about this, uh, 6.8. Um, I hope so, man. Which I think is supposed to be an answer to the TRX. Yeah. Which is in the Raptor R, which has been announced that it's happening, but that's about it. From what yeah. I understand, there's been no more news. I'm excited about these wars. Uh, they're pretty cool. I, I mean, you Capitalism, know me, I'm baby, a, America. Yeah, well, well, I'm a truck guy. I love it. I, I, any any sort of truck. I don't care if it's lowered. I don't care if it's lifted. I don't care if it's a race truck or a rock crawler. It doesn't matter. I love them all. And this is cool because we got two extremely capable trucks. I mean, these trucks are, they're really, they're real trucks still. I mean, there might be race trucks, but I see Raptors around here in Texas all the time at job sites, towing 10,000 pounds. I mean, they're sagging in the pack, but they're doing it. People are actually using these. I've even seen like, wow. like racks on them with, with ladders on top, heading to the job site, ready to work. So people are really using these trucks, like, like they're real trucks, not just small crawlers and whatever off-road vehicles. Yeah, we I mean, see that mostly. That's mostly what I see out here is the 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 parking lot princess. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of those, but like, I'm actually seeing people use the Raptor as a truck on a day to day basis. Awesome. You know, the, I mean, especially this 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 type of this part of Texas is growing so much, so there's just a lot of construction going on. And if you got the money, I mean, obviously you want a really cool truck, and why not buy a Raptor? You still got to use your truck though, right? So this is what they're doing, and um. But just the fact that it's it's still got tons of power, it's still capable of pu- pulling your camper. It can, it can drag race, it can off road, it can overland, it can do it all. It's it's really cool. Yeah. I really like it. Now, now the TRX in the game, turning it up a little bit, and making it more fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I am excited to see what uh, Elon Musk does when he gets his foot in the game. His truck Cyber looks truck. weird as hell, but it's 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 going to be a contender, man. Yeah. Um, back to what you're saying about the, the Raptor, like if you're at least for my, my money, if I'm spending $70,000 on a truck and I want to go put a bunch more money into modifying it, like after hearing what that, that engine sounds like putting a big exhaust on it, man, I, I Hennessy does a thing Well, they'll throw a coyote in it and a whipple and that's pretty awesome. But 
I, I don't know. It just, it sounds, it's not even like, it's like, I mean, it's not great, but it's not horrible. No, it's horrible. It's so bad. Oh, really? Wait, I just, on the, on, on the, on the eco boost. Oh, no, on the yeah, eco yeah. boost. Yeah. It's still yeah, bad. It just, it sounds like the old, uh, F body Camaro V sixes. I really wish I knew. I guess, I guess I'm not really uh in, inclined enough to really understand why they sound so bad because <laughs> i yeah, mean cause if you look at that little 3.5 in the uh nissan 350z it's a little na engine and unless you're just flat out straight piped i mean they they sound pretty decent i've never yeah, sounded like it's like it's not that, it's not like a fart cannon that you put on a Porsche owner. They, they're good sound. And so you figure you put a couple of turbos on something similar, it sounds good. And this just doesn't. I bet that Camaro I rented when I came out and visited, I bet that would have sounded gnarly with a good exhaust and some turbos. That V6. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even even my wife's little uh 3.2 in her uh Jeep Cherokee, it had a, it had a factory dual exhaust on it. It had a little growl to it and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible sound. It, it was, it, and when you had 6,000 RPM, it sounded kind of good actually. Right. Yeah. That's, it's unfortunate, but luck, hopefully they've already got the seven, three, which seems to be taking off pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much hype on it still. Like, even though like it's only 425 horsepower, it's only like what 475 pound feet of torque, something like that. Something like um, that. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those are decent numbers for an NA V8 that's made for towing, um, for, you know, going 300,000 miles on an original engine. Those are really great numbers and something we haven't seen before, but, um, it's, it, people are really getting a lot of power out of it. Just yeah. naturally aspirated and they're well, getting they even throw, more. It's like LS power, turbo. man, putting yeah, twin yeah. turbos it's, on it with like stock internals, getting four numbers pretty easily. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, the engines are built somewhat similar, um, with, uh, you know, just being a cam and block. So it seems like Ford for the most part is getting away from their overhead V8s and going to a, a cam and block engine to, uh, I think just meeting the customer demands, you know, cause the, the biggest limiting factor on the five O was the fact that it's a five O. Right. And, and, and normally those, that, 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 that engine really can't be bored and stroked much. You're pretty much, you have your 5.0 and you know, there's, there might be a little bit of leeway there, but not much. Um, yeah. You're always going to be limited by displacement. And so it's, well, and they're so impossible. massive that dual overhead cam. I mean, yeah, to look yeah. at one, there's there's six feet across, man. Yeah, and so you're looking at the the six point two in the Camaro, it's competition, and the six point four in the Challenger, also it's competition. The engine is smaller, uh, and probably a lot light, probably a little lighter in weight as well, and it's got more displacement and more capability. We've already covered that. There's no replacement for displacement. I don't care what you say, right. except for maybe an electric engine. <laughs> Right. Right. But that's, that's a whole nother thing. Um, also the 6.8 liter, which has been teased, but not confirmed or has it been confirmed, which is going to be a variant of the seven three. Well, I think it's both been teased and confirmed. So, uh, from what I've seen on it, I mean, nobody's come out and said, here it is, here's the specs on it or anything like that. But more or less, there was a, like a press conference, I guess, uh, from Ford 
and basically saying we are releasing or there is a 6.8 liter it is going to be built in the windsor plant which is where the 7.3 is made so that tells that that just makes me assume i guess more or less that it's going to be a relative of the 7.3 um that right. so just makes sense so it'll probably be built off of the same thing and probably an aluminum variant of the 7.3s the, the 7.3s an iron block uh, um actually don't quote me on that i'm pretty sure it's an iron block uh, being see. that it's in a three-quarter ton truck um uh, this will probably be an aluminum variant of it um making good numbers uh but if it does end up in like something like the raptor maybe it'll have a supercharger in it or maybe it'll have an option for a supercharger maybe it'll be an na and a oh, force yeah. induction iron, iron block yeah I, I just i just assumed on that just because it's in a a working truck yeah aluminum heads yeah yeah definitely aluminum heads um just i think just about everything has aluminum heads now um but yeah i think uh that that's i guess that i guess that's my my guess and based off of the little bit of information we have is that it'll probably be a cam and block aluminum engine um and it'll be a performance type engine it'll be like a i mean they there could be it could be it could just flat out replace the fibo so we may not even see the fibo in the future but mm. i mean that's that's a that's a that's a long jump though from five liters to 6.8 liters 1.8 liters jump yeah because yeah. that seven liters that's that's ella that's big block i mean not big block but that's big corvette engine territory then yeah. So I don't know. I, I just, I don't know where it's going to go. Who knows? Um, time will tell, but right now we just get to speculate on it. And, um, I have big hopes for it. I think it's going to be something pretty cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, the best thing we can hope is it'll get more widespread so that we can have LS esque type availability, which leads to cheap horsepower, which we're all, all a fan of. Oh yeah. I love cheap power <laughs> for sure. I've, uh, I was doing a little YouTubing and uh, I found this guy. I, I, I always knew that LSs were cheap. I didn't know that for a five, three, it's like less than 500 bucks. Oh yeah. They're, they're all around here. He's just, it's, you know, it's insane. It's, what was it? I guess 1999 is the first year you could get them like the, the, in, in a Silverado or Sierra. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these cars are just, you know, they're just getting scrapped at some point or, or they've been wrecked or whatever flood damage, anything is whatever's happened to the car in order for it to just really not have much worth anymore. So they get parted out. And so, yeah, you go to these local junkyards around here where I'm at and they're all over the place. Yeah. You just take your pick, you go find one that's got all the pieces and looks like it, it's not in too terrible condition. You can, yeah, you can give them four or 500 bucks for it and walk out with a full wiring harness, complete engine, turnkey, Un ready to go. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you gotta think about those. I think that's, what is that like a 285 horse engine? Uh, if you get the five, three, it's even less on the, 4.8. So you still yeah, got to dump some stuff into it. So, you know, you got to do yeah, cam slots like, to get, get real power out of it. And even then you're, 
it's not really competitive to most every day, every, everything else. So you really gotta, you really gotta put a lot of work into them to get some power. It's not like there's, there's so many people out there. It's like, Oh, I just got to get an LS in this and now I have all this power. I mean, it still takes, it still takes yeah, some money hey, to, to get some power. Cans, standalone ECU, probably some kind of power adder, nitrous or blower turbos. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think what makes them so great is that they're capable of handling um, force they induction. Res- they respond well to, yeah. to modification. And and even then, they, I mean, if you just, you know, all everything factory, you know, reworking the, the, uh, the rings and land seal just to, uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll, it'll hold a lot of power. They're, they're pretty impressive, but um, it still does take, a pretty decent amount of money to get them there. It's just, I think they're impressive just being that it's pretty much a stock engine handling that kind of power. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at a coyote engine, first off, you're not going to get one for less than a couple grand. And then yeah. you're still going to have to put another couple grand to hit four numbers. Where well, the oldest engine? coyote right now is 10 years old. 2011. Wow. So it's got, yeah, I guess uh, they're not nearly as bountiful, but still, yeah. I mean, I guess the thing that makes it so appealing is, yeah, you're going to have to put a couple grand into it, but the difference is you don't have to spend a couple grand to start with to get the engine. You know what I mean? Like you pretty much start for free. I mean, 500 bucks isn't nothing, but it's not like a prohibitive barrier to entry. So yeah, it's definitely a really great place to start off. But it's definitely it's I'm contradicting myself. I've been doing a little bit of research and it's some stuff's more expensive than I thought. And then some stuff is like not nearly as like uh, computers and wiring stuff crazy expensive i watch all these youtubers and like roadkill and they're just throwing all this holly shit everywhere like oh i just throw this holly dob and this da 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 oh yeah no no big deal yeah no it's like 2500 bucks for this 1500 bucks for that i mean these guys have been doing this for 20 some years and like they don't sell anything what's uh fryberger was on uh instagram the other day he was he was selling a, a, a wheel and tire package like just mm-hmm. flat out just listing it on Instagram. He said, you know, inbox me, I'll give you my number, call me and come pick him up. And um he's uh these these this wheel and tire package, no shit, 25 years old, just sitting in his garage. He's like, I'm just trying to clean it up, get it out of here. So they just have this plentiful of just parts and everything they need. They literally just pull it in there and do it. I mean, on top of that, I mean, obviously both they have money so they can just afford yeah. to do this stuff. But when they've been in it so long, they have like, they could probably do all their modifications and anything they want to do without spending a dime because they have so much stuff laying around to do it. Finnegan is on a real burner. Have you seen his C10 build? No, nah, I haven't really been keeping up with him too much. Uh, his square body C10 with a LT4 and a sequential transmission. Mm. Full frame off, mandrel built tube frame, like insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. I've been I've been keeping up with the um Top Gear America with the, mm. the new guys they, in there. They've been pumping uh, out quite a bit of content. 
Yeah, Dax Shepard. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed with it. It's pretty cool. I really like. I've always liked Dax Shepard because he's, you know, he's he's one of just an actor I like watching. But he's like a real true car guy. He's not just yeah, a, he like is. play one. He's, you know, he has all these vehicles. Like he brings some of his personal vehicles on there. Like he's got some old station wagon with with an LSX supercharged engine and just stuff that he actually drives and cool. Like follow him also on Instagram. Like he's right. He just, he likes real stuff. He has like an old 1990 454 SS pickup truck that, you know, he just likes to drive just because it's cool. I and mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, newer, cooler stuff he can buy and afford, but you know, that, right. that's something old and cool that he likes and that's what he drives. He has a lot of really old, cool stuff like that. Yeah. He's definitely a real one. I think I haven't, I haven't got back into it yet. The, they got to stop calling it top gear. That's, I think that's what yeah. it is. Stop calling it top gear. There's only one top gear. It's Richard Hammond and may stop. Nothing else will ever be top gear. Stop it. You're just dooming it. You're, you're dooming it from the start. Call it like whatever BBC car review show, like motor trend this uh, week and like, Stop calling it, it top was, gear. It was too successful for it to not come back. The thing that was successful is those three guys, though. Like the format's generic. Three guys talking about cars. Like, listen to us. We're assholes and we're doing it. Like the I mean, thing that made it was their chemistry. So, like, you got to stop trying to call it that thing because what everyone associates with that thing is their chemistry, to me at least. What, what was the main character's name? Like Jeremy or something? Yeah, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, yeah, James Clarkson. May. I mean, honestly, I only liked Clarkson. Uh, the other guy is when the other guy was just old, boring, and uh, the other the little guy <laughs> um, Hammond. He he's the Hammond, American. He, he loves all the American stuff. He's uh, yeah. He, I mean, he, he just, he just ones and stuff. An, he like portrayed an idiot though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like when they went i forget where they went in the grand tour but he got like a lifted three quarter ton chevy yeah, i love that episode that was such a good episode yeah that yeah, was the, probably one of the best episodes i think with the big old like triple shocks on each axle yeah i mean like, that had a 454 go. in it i think didn't it yeah but that was i'm back sure it did it made, like it made like 200 and 40 horsepower or something. Got like two miles a gallon. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty terrible. I mean, the truck was actually pretty cool, but yeah, this, the setup was terrible. <laughs> Less than efficient. Especially when they're up at like, you know, like 12, 14,000 feet on that mountain and just didn't get enough air to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it had a 14 inch lift on it and it was pushing a, a freaking sail. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a good episode. I'd like to rewatch that, but um, no, nah, man. I think I think you need to check it out though. Get Pat. Don't don't, don't say the name before you watch it. Just just All go right, watch Dax Shepard do his thing. Cover it up, and then I'll I'll just turn it on. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, what else we got going on? I'm sure that I send you stuff all the time and we have these in-depth text. Oh yeah. So here's a conversation we had that might be interesting Four four liter to four liter six holes versus eight holes. 
Oh, yeah. We we, uh, we agree, and the evidence would support that eight holes makes more power up high, and six holes makes more power down low. But I mean, that was why does it do that? Theory. And then you then you have the GTRs that just go and throw all that out the window and make three thousand horsepower. Yeah, I mean, I think it all changes when you go forced induction, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, it's, you, I think I think if you just left it naturally aspirated, you know, both being four liter, one is six, one and eight. Um, I just feel like being that to accomplish the displacement, the six cylinder is going to have to have a longer stroke and a larger bore, which, um, you know, just historically looking at a lot of the engines that normally results in like just really good low end torque. Um, but also with longer strokes, you know, they typically don't perform quite as well, or maybe it's harder to make them perform well at higher RPMs just because it's a longer stroke. Do you think that's the friction like over? Yeah. The, and, you know and, what I and mean? Also being, also being a larger bore. Yeah. There's just a lot more friction involved there. Um, and then just more travel time, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot that goes into it. And so I think, I think that the, uh, you know, the V8 probably would performance wise just probably have a lot of advantages, but I think down low, I, I feel like the V6 probably would um, probably would be a little bit better with your, right. uh, uh, your stoner question. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was thinking like, uh, I, what, what made me think about it was a grand tour thing actually, when they did the buggies and Clarkson had like that four liter Land Rover V8 in his. Yeah. And then I forget what else I was looking at that had like a four liter six cylinder. I was like, what, what's the difference? Like, I understand small, like you're not, you're not going to make a two point something or a three point something liter V8. Although Ferrari has, they made yeah. 3.8 <laughs> liter V8. So, I mean, I, like those little V8s. I guess I in to. most cases you don't make like super small V8s. You usually make small six cylinders and even smaller four cylinders. Yeah. Um, complexity, I guess, too. Yeah, yeah. I think just like anything else, when you put force induction in the game, it's just it's just gonna change everything else because you know the the like the, the three point five EcoBoost twin turbo has I think ninety uh, percent of its torque available at fifteen hundred RPM. That is insane. Carries, yeah, it, it carries. It's just a flat torque curve all the way across the uh, dyno graph. Yeah, and the RPM range is just it just stays pretty consistent. It does peak somewhere I don't know three thousand four thousand range or something like that for torque, and um, it's just excellent i mean if you're if you're in a half ton truck and you're needing to tow i mean it's really hard to justify anything else other than the 3.5 eco boost i mean all the v8s sound great and everything but when you put them on paper and you actually tow with them a little six cylinder gets it done yeah down low for sure that's that's insane at 1500 rpms that's like an idle yeah and they just be right off idle just those the, the turbos are they're very limited you can't get a whole lot more out of them you can get more out of them but they're very very small turbos so it doesn't take hardly anything to really spool them up so they can right. spool pretty quickly which is a a, a a benefit of twin turbos you know being able to spool pretty quick versus a, a really large one but then having two really small ones 
um, limits you higher up, but helps you a lot down low. And that's what this engine's made for is working. I'd be interested to find out how the torque curves are because the Ford GT has the, the 3.5 liter EcoBoost. So I wonder, like, obviously it's, I'm sure everything is different about it. Cams, head, turbos, well, everything, but. See, it's funny you say that. Uh, actually, it's actually funny you even asked that. I'm pretty sure that was covered on Top Gear. Um, they uh, and you being the Top Gear guy, um, you watch. I'm pretty sure you've seen all of them. But they they actually covered something. I'm pretty sure it's Top Gear, but they covered. They said 90% of the parts carry over from the Ford GT to the F-150. The, the that engine is part. insane. Yeah, so it's it's very few things. Obviously, the turbos are different. There's probably different camshafts. There could be a different like intake manifold, but like. Uh, it's, it sounds like just just from my reading i don't know anything. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm no ford technician or anything but they're all everything just carries over for the most part 90 percent of it i suppose dang yeah i, w- I wouldn't i wouldn't have guessed that either i would have said okay well this is just some fully forged everything is like race ready but i think yeah. I guess this is the way they make them i mean even the f-150 um eco boost is an all aluminum engine if you have the 3.5 i think the 2.7s an iron block they just made that for the more entry level a little bit cheaper but 3.5 is an all aluminum engine on i think every model you can get it in the 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 f-150 the explorer the ford taurus sho whatever else it comes in oh speaking of the taurus that was uh um little thought I had this week of getting a, a, a Taurus cop car. Cause those had the SHO powertrain with the twin turbo 3.5 and the all wheel drive. But the thought of doing like drag racing type stuff in it, cause that's what I want to do with my next car is make like a, like a drag week type car. And the thought of like driving around, listening to that V6 drone or making drag passes, like, it's like, Oh, well, I mean, just keep a, keep a muffler on it. You know, I, mean, I think, I think they don't sound rancid. Uh, like, like it's like the Raptor. It's, it's not a great sound, but it's not terrible to listen to either. It's just like, eh, I'd rather hear something else. <laughs> I don't but know. It, I'm like, bad. I'm full blown V8 right now, man. I've got yeah, the rest of these days, like the rest of time to go electric yeah. and small displacement, big turbo. Like I got to try and live in the days of V8s while they're still here. Yeah. And I think, I think everybody that's a car guy needs to do that. I mean, I mean, even if it's the EcoBoost or something, I think you need to just really milk these days because they are numbered. Yeah. Um, but no, have back back to that that uh, SHO thing. I don't really know much about the cop car variant of it or what what performance package is it, is it in it. Um, but I do know that I really like the SHO. Um, it was so like it just came and went and no one said shit about it and i don't know why like it was well, so badass at the time like nobody else was doing anything like that like the twin well, turbo my, v6 all-wheel drive my my theory is that i actually didn't know it was all-wheel drive um my theory is the uh the, the chevy ss just really outshined it because it is basically a hold in and everything about it was excellent 
I, mean, I agree that it's the SS is more badass, but you don't even see those. I've seen maybe a dozen. Well, yeah, they're they're they were limited production run. They they the same thing. They came and gone. I think don't don't quote me on this either, but I'm pretty sure Chevy actually had those made for NASCAR because they had you know you have, you have to make a limited production of so many vehicles. Yeah. You have to have a qualifier for NASCAR, something like that. I don't know how it works, but they I said when it came out, for. it was the first real world drive sedan that GM had put out in like a long time. Yeah, the Chevy had put out. Cad- or something. Yeah, Cadillacs were still what well, they were, and then they weren't anyway. Back to what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Chevrolet, anyways. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, then and then also you gotta think about the uh and these aren't all wheel drive. Like you said, I didn't I didn't even know that the SHO was all wheel drive, but um the uh the charger. The, I yeah. mean in one one you can get the you can get the SRT and it's 485 horsepower, even if it's just a scat pack, they're not that expensive. 485 horse. And then you obviously you have the, the Hellcat and you get over 700. So I don't, sure I don't think they offer all wheel drive on any of the V8 models. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, that, it's, it's like you say, if, if that's all wheel drive, then it, I mean, that really is a game changer. That's to I'm, me, that's I'm really cool. Verifying that right now. Um, I'm I really pretty like sure that it was Challenger. Yeah. I think I know Challenger does. I'm pretty sure Charger does. It's like the Challenger GT it comes with a V6, but it does have the all-wheel drive. I'm just, every time I look at one, I just I want to like it so much, but it doesn't have the right engine. And I'm just like, why can't you just put the Hemi in in the all-wheel drive? And it would just it would they don't they don't crazy. want that smoke. They don't want to deal with that differential drama oh i know i know it, it won't hold that power it's not rated for that but i mean they could make it make it make it um, yeah you know hold that kind of power and I, I just think it'd be great i mean with with how much power everything makes these days you need all-wheel drive i mean hooking up oh. to anything just something i meant to ask about your uh explorer when you get on it is there any kind of like pull like torquey steer weirdness yeah. Yeah, for sure. It it again, you know, we're, let's let's not think supercar status or anything like that. But for for a mom car and kid hauler, I mean, this thing it, it does. Yeah, it, it really kind of gets a little squirrely uh, when it when it digs down downshifts. And uh, um, I, I don't I don't know. I guess the front tires kind of want to break loose, but then it it kind of it won't it won't get too squirrely because the rear wheels are still driving it also right. um yeah i don't know it's kind of a weird feeling it's something i'm not really used to so it's kind of hard to explain um i've yeah. never i've never had a powerful vehicle in, in an suv size all-wheel drive and the only other yeah. all-wheel drive vehicle i've ever had was that evo and it's totally different ball games i think it was super yeah. lightweight and um, three inches off the ground yeah um but no nah, man I, I really like it it, de- it definitely has all that low end torque it doesn't have as much torque as the f-150 it's the at the time the f-150s were 420 pound feet of torque so this one i don't know how it was it was dumbed down to 350 pound feet of torque so it's 70 right. less pound feet of torque but it's rated at the same horsepower i don't get it i don't know if that's just the rating they put out or if there's actually a difference just a tuning difference who knows but it definitely feels really torquey down low and then but it pulls really well all the way up high too it's it's fun to drive for a for a mom car for sure 
Right on. Yeah. The uh, Taurus SHO was all-wheel drive from 2010, and I didn't know they made them for this long, to 2019. Okay, what engine did the 2010 have, though? Because the EcoBoost wasn't supposed to debut till 2011. Um, At least for the F-150. Um, yeah, it says uh, resurrected the sedan with all-wheel drive and largely derived from its uh, D3 platform, whatever that means. It featured a 3.5-liter direct-injected twin-turbo EcoBoost V6, producing 365 horsepower at 5,500 RPM and 350 torques, also at 1,500 RPM. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I guess maybe that was the... F- first vehicle those came in yeah it looks like it because the the f-150 didn't get it until 2011 that's kind of where it made its name in the f-150 yeah i remember those when we were in the navy they just uh were just coming yeah. out my dad called me he's like hey i'm looking for a new truck what should i get i said man these uh, F-150s, you know, just came out like a year or two ago with a twin turbo V6 and they're, they're really awesome. And he's like, I'm going to go get one. So he went and got one and he owned like three more after that. They've been so Dang. great. Yeah. Is he not bummed out by the sound or does he just keep it stock and drive a Corvette? Um, yeah, yeah. He, he kept them stock. Um, yeah. Put a lift kit on it. Does that count? Yeah, that isn't that isn't affecting the sound. It's like, well, why? Uh, why is it? Why does it get uh, uh, thirteen miles per gallon? I said, well, Dad, you have thirty-five inch tires, and let's get on it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it do be like, like no, that. V six though, it's supposed to get fuel economy. I said, that would be a lift kit, thirty-five inch tires. It doesn't work that way, Dad. Yeah, not when you're always in the boost. Yeah, he actually now has a um, the Lincoln Navigator with the 3.5 in it as well and and this just i think he just really got hooked on that engine it's, it's pretty good he tows a lot with his boats and rvs so really they don't even it. offer a v8 in the new navigators they you get eco boost or you get hybrid huh. yeah uh, hybrid in there. yep it's uh the at least i was reading about it the hybrid is more powerful than the uh the rate, the non hybrid, obviously like more, uh, more horsepower and torque, which yeah. is pretty, pretty sweet. I wonder what engine it's made it to. I'm sure it's the three, five. Oh, and the hybrid. Let's see here. This is an intermission. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do some, some Googling. Oh my God. Starting at $76,000. Oh yeah. My, oh my. They're, they're nuts. They, uh, I have a, a friend that has one and it had a, I believe it had 105,000 or right around a hundred thousand, uh, price tag on it, but it's like the top tier. I think it's the black or oh, the like black, black label, or maybe yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever the top tiered one is. It's stupid expensive. There's a reserve. It was over ninety. And it was crazy expensive. I guess after after 
TTNL is knocking on the door of a hundred thousand. Yeah, I believe it. Well, the new Escalade, man, that thing is kicking through the hundred thousand dollar door. Jeez, that's just nuts to think about. And I see these like on a regular basis. <laughs> like, yeah, everywhere. They're like, everywhere. Y'all, y'all are driving vehicles that like, like that's that's your one vehicle like what are your other ones and you have like you add them all up and you know that's like the price of a house it's nuts yeah and then yeah, just regular people i mean like having thousand dollar car payments yeah i mean it's it's easy to do now man when when things are so dang expensive um 450 horsepower, 510 foot pounds of torque. I'm not seeing the hybrid specs yeah, though, which is pretty impressive. Like yeah, 510 foot pounds of torque, nothing to sneeze at. I mean, the four GT only makes 675 horsepower or 647. And this is putting out, you know, 450. I think, uh, I think that's, that 600 mark is kind of getting close to its limits. I've, I've heard of a few guys around the 600, maybe, maybe around the 700 mark, but, um, from my just general internet scrolling, it seems like, uh, 600, maybe low 700s is about what this thing's capable of for its, having problems start doing internals and whatnot yeah i mean i don't even know how much i mean i i'm assuming there's plenty of that stuff available but i feel like if you're really willing to like put that much time and effort into it, it's like i think i would just rather just put a v8 in it yeah i mean realistically this this engine is not any smaller than a v8 it might not be as long as one but it's still wide it's an overhead cam engine yeah and it's it's uh, it's not it's not a small engine mining it's with the 3.5 liter fully it's not small ford loves that dodge they do love to go overhead yeah ford yeah but okay it's the the aviator the smaller one that has the hybrid Um, okay so three liter twin turbo v6 yeah, you know, I don't really know much about that three liter, but I have I have been reading a few little things here and there about it, and I guess it's kind of based off the same thing. But uh, yeah, it's uh, dual dual electric motors, a thirteen point six kW and a seventy five kW, uh, four hundred ninety four horsepower and six hundred and thirty foot pounds of torque. Doing uh, zero to 60 in 5.5, 5,700 pounds. That's pretty good. I mean, but that's basically what the the new, <laughs> I've already been looking at them, uh, the new Ford Explorer ST, which is, I, I think they came out in 2020. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's still, a, I believe it's still 2.5. Maybe it's the three liter, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they're basically like five and a half seconds, zero to 60. That's a hybrid, though. Uh, the, the, Lincoln, the Lincoln, no, oh, no, you, I'm, the, no, I'm the Ford is Ford, yeah, yeah, Ford Explorer ST, which basically replaced our vehicle. They stopped making the Sport, and now they have the ST. Yeah, it's uh, 400 horsepower. Yeah, 
it's pretty quick. I think ours is supposed to be like zero sixty, like six flat, and so this one's beats it by half a second, which is, is a lot. Yeah, let's see here. You know, after having this, like it, it to me, it really makes sense. Like you know, if you're if you're a car guy, you like going fast, and you like having a powerful vehicle, but maybe it doesn't quite make sense for you to have multiple vehicles. Driving something like the uh, Jeep SRT8 kind of makes sense because these SUVs are they're fun. I mean, when you get when you get plenty of power behind them, you kind of got sport tuned suspension and transmission and everything, and really powerful engine. Um, especially with all-wheel drive as well, man. Yeah. I really like them. I think I think it's, it's, it's maybe some uh, some new for me that I might uh, I might enjoy more in the future. Yeah, the uh, ST has a th- it does have the three liter EcoBoost. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why they straight away from it, but um, maybe the fuel economy things. I was a little disappointed. Uh, fuel economy, it's uh, we're averaging about eighteen, which isn't bad i mean it is a three three, it does have third row seatings it's not like a full-size suv so i think it's still kind of like a mid-size right but uh yeah and i have we took a little road trip um and i was able to squeeze like just milking it like uh 21 miles per gallon out of it so it's not bad but i was i really was expecting a lot better but you know everybody that's owned one's basically like yeah the eco boost is really not great on fuel economy like like they advertised it to be not so eco yeah eco or boost yeah <laughs> either go really slow and you can get decent fuel economy and really milk it or if you're getting into it and just dump a bunch of fuel on there <laughs> Yeah, the uh, ST is 400 horsepower and 415 foot pounds of torque. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid for a soccer car. Yeah, it's not bad. (laughs) Not too shabby. Not bad at all. Yeah, I'd drive it. I'd probably probably end up in one of those few years, or or a four door Bronco if I had my way. Ah, that's literally what I just pulled up. I was gonna say or Bronco. Yeah, gosh, man. I, I haven't seen I haven't one seen yet. One have you? Yet. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah, I haven't seen. I've seen the sports pretty regularly. You know, I, I drive 200 miles a day uh, for work, and I'm on the road all the time, so I see just about everything. And um, I, I'm seeing the sports not every day, but I'm seeing a few of them a week. And I have not seen one full size Bronco, n- neither the two door or the four door. Hmm. on the road and uh, a little disappointed as uh, I've been looking forward to seeing them and uh, um, I guess I guess time will tell you know we'll start seeing them but um, I'm pretty excited about it man you know they there's still a lot of hate on the uh, just having the 2.7 but the 3.5 has proven itself 2.7 is pretty much based on it and it's it's awesome and right the 217 is going to be a great platform for uh this this vehicle which is really a small suv i mean it might, it might look big with big tires and everything but it's it's a small suv um so it's, uh, Plus, who knows with the raptor r coming out they haven't announced yet but i'm sure a lot of the technology would cross over fairly easy yeah, and make a bronco no. r 
SBT is definitely going to get a hold of the Bronco at some point in time. I think they're just going to, well, they already have, much, they, they've raced Baja 1000 in it. Like they've, they've made well, race yeah. trucks. I, so. I, mean, I mean, for general public, I think what they're going to do, what they do with just about everything is they're going to release it. They're going to make a ton of money off of it. And then once, you know, the people are like, all right, I got this great vehicle and dumped all my money into it. And then the next year it's going to be like, ha, now SVT got a hold of it. Now you can get a bigger, better, better engine in it with like 37 inch tires and all the works and everything else. And they're going to, they're going to go trade that thing in for the new one. Right. And that's, that's when you and I move in. Yeah. Let me, let me get your cheap one. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Well, I think that's, that's about good for now. We've been going for almost an hour, buddy. Wow. Okay. But, uh, we'll cut it off there. See everyone again next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's good talking to you again, buddy. And, uh, see everyone next week. Thanks. Everyone, thanks as always for listening to this week's episode of Chris Talks Cars. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you're using. Also, follow us on Instagram. I'm at Chris Talks Cars. He is Brandon Cole67. And we will see you next week.